0: you mm-hmm.
1: everybody? My name is Jesse, and you are listening to List It, the show where me and a guest rank and list things in pop culture, and this is a very, very special episode. It's actually the third part in a trilogy of episodes that we've done so far that are ranking unintentionally hilarious things in, the pop, in pop culture. The first one that me and my guests today did was about unintentionally hilarious action movies, which is a very deep, deep well. The second was unintentionally hilarious children's movie, which is also... A deep well, but one that is deeply more disturbing than the action films. And but today's is one that, as I started digging into this topic, uh, I feel like maybe the 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 gold mine, the biggest gold mine, the biggest gem mine that we've stumbled upon in terms of just weird, unintentional pop culture hilarity. Today, we are ranking unintentionally hilarious video games with my guest, writer, journalist, marketing expert, Adam Smith. Adam, welcome back to Listed
0: Man. Oh man, it is great to be here, especially with this topic, which like <laughs> you said, is just it's like an inexhaustible gold mine. Like the the hits just keep coming. There's there's so much to dig into.
1: Well, Adam, let's go ahead and and like because this was your suggestion uh, as a topic. And and I, I had no opposition. But the only thing I was concerned about was like, man, I, I'm certainly I certainly wouldn't, you know, qual I, I wouldn't describe myself as like a gamer. I'm someone who grew up where video games were sort of a part of their life, and video games have already have always been sort of like adjacent to my social life, where if I'm hanging out with some buds and they're like, hey, you want to play some Fortnite or play some Madden or something, sure, but it's not something that's been a part of my life. It wasn't until I started researching some of these infamous games that I realized just how deep my history was with video games and how many hours I've spent playing video games. Adam, what is your relationship with old school, with video games in general? And why did you want to pick the topic of unintentionally hilarious ones to talk about today?
0: Okay, so I'm not like a huge gamer or anything. Like I I have an Xbox that I uh, plug in maybe once every six months you know? Yeah. Um, but like, like anyone who grew up in kind of our era, you know, you grew up on video games as one of the primary forms of entertainment. Like my first video game system experience was the Atari 2600, you know? And, yeah. uh, like we got an NES when I was, I don't know, maybe seven or eight years old. And, uh, one of the reasons I wanted to pick this is because like, there's just such a, a wealth of terrible, terrible video games because, like, <laughs> the, it's not like today when so much development and, and budget goes into this these things and like the the like multi billion dollar game studios. Like back in the day, anyone could make these. You know,
1: <laughs> hey, it's totally. Hey, you need you needed like very basic technology. And you could, and like a very low level skill, you know, to, to be able to convert an idea into a playable game like back in the day. And these yeah. studios were like setting themselves up and getting these massive contracts, even though they had no way to deliver what they had promised with some of their initial artwork. Which a lot of the results were like okay real quick Adam so did you grow up in the same environment where I did where you could walk it where on Friday nights here's what my parents would do they would take us to like the, the local video store right whether it be even before like blockbuster was everywhere it was just like a you know a, a, a community video rental store and they would have a section for video games and this was before the internet so we didn't have all these review sites and YouTube where we could watch like you know some of these uh, uh, videos from From these actual games, all you had to go on was the cover art. And there were so many times where I was wildly disappointed between what was on the cover of this game and what the actual playable
0: features were. Was that a similar experience for you? Yes, yes. You really had to kind of, uh, it took a lot of imagination. Yeah. And and sometimes the uh, sometimes you're kind of pleasantly surprised. <laughs> to, to put it diplomatically. That, yeah. Yeah. Like sometimes you're kind of pleasantly surprised. Like I don't know if you remember the um, box art for the original Mega Man, which is an incredible game, which, you know, I I remember like at the onset of uh, lockdown and all that stuff. I got this game emulator that has basically every old-school video game you could possibly hope for. I mean, thousands upon thousands of them, right? Yeah. Uh, And I decided, I'm going to beat Mega Man, right? And I sat on the floor (laughs) for 10 hours trying to beat Mega Man. And I finally did it. You know, it's like, wow, I've been trying to do this for the last, like, 30-some-odd years. And I finally (laughs) pulled it off. And it only took, you know, 10 hours and about, like, 300 attempts Um, But I finally did. But I don't know if you remember the original box art for Mega Man. Yeah. Vaguely. Vaguely. It it was like, basically, it looked like Martin Short dressed up for a (laughs) youth hockey league game. You know? (laughs) So it it didn't exactly set expectations high. But then the game was awesome. You know? Yeah. Um, But yeah, I'm with you. Like, my uh, kind of a, a big weekend for me uh when i was a kid was renting an nes game and you didn't have like you know the internet to give you any sort of feedback on what was a good game and what wasn't all you had was box art and (laughs) a lot of the games that would probably make this list of like you know what were they thinking kind of video games i rented on purpose
1: <laughs> See, I was always wildly disappointed. Like, I would always go for the one, for the cover that had the most graphic violence or the most like extreme scenario and be like, dude, this game is going to be freaking awesome. And you plug it in and it looks basically nothing like the, it looks like the cover was, d- like they had a design agency just say, Look, blank slate, design a bunch of things that would be awesome covers for hypothetical video games. And they just picked the closest one yes, to the exactly. to the game. They just retrofitted you
0: know? the cover to it. <laughs> yeah. They, they asked the world's most awesome 12-year-old, paint what you see in your head all the time.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, well, literally, it was like they took like a, a third grader's violent cartoons and had a professional artist render them. And they gave it to a game studio with no budget and said, turn this into 12 hours of playable action. Like That was the strategy. And honestly, dude... It was pretty effective because every once in a while you stumbled on one, you're like, this game is freaking sweet. You know, it's oh, yeah. pretty close to the cover. Okay. So I like when we talk about unintentionally hilarious games, I feel like there was a turn at some point where games got somewhat self aware and the hilarity became somewhat intentional. Like you, yes. you think back to like the original Mortal Kombat, which you know, the kills were so over the top. And and obviously the game took itself somewhat seriously, but ultimately it was sort of trolling parents. Like yeah, it, it was gonna rip was out still. somebody's spine. Yeah. yeah. And the same thing with like Fortnite or whatever. Like if you play Fortnite. Look, it knows it's goof. You know, you can play, you know, like a, 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 an EDM DJ as like a playable character wearing like a, a raccoon mask. And as you're like parachuting out of a plane with machine guns, it's hard to take it too seriously. Like, yeah. you got to know, like, this game is just pure, pure distilled fun. Do you remember your first interaction with the game that you felt like, okay, this is trying to be funny?
0: Um, probably, uh... This is a really early one but probably the space quest games on on PC they yeah. were just you know your standard uh, even before point and click it was like you know you had to type into the prompt to, yeah. to tell it what to do <laughs> uh and those were definitely designed to be funny you know yeah um <clears throat> but it was also like when i was about like i don't know 10 i thought they're the funniest things in the world but you play them now and you're like oh this is nerd humor like this yeah. is what this is what guys who are really good at programming video games in the eighties thought was funny, which does not have massively broad appeal outside of ten year old boys.
1: Yeah, it's it, it, looking back, it's very sad.
0: It's very sad yes. you. Are. yes, it is. <laughs> well, it's, well, it's basically yeah. yeah, it's it's basically like if you want to know like what brought someone to the The point where they're living in uh, their parents' basement, uh, like Cheeto-stained fingers, and uh, (laughs) arguing with people about whether Captain Picard or Captain Kirk is the better captain. Like, play one of those games, and that's basically like reading that person's autobiography.
1: All right, Adam. So I've chosen after. I got to say probably more research I've put into any podcast than a very long time. I found five, I've identified five games that I, I think are the peak of unintentional hilarity. Uh, but before I jump into my list, Adam, why don't you kick us off, man? What do you have? Oh, or first off, do you have five? How many, how many did you have for, for your list?
0: Um, I, th- I think I probably can do five. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I can do four for sure probably five.
1: All right, how about this? How about this? Let's keep let's let's keep it at 4. I'll just do one bonus to kick us off since since you have okay. four solid. Um okay let's go ahead and kick it off with something that I, I feel like the people are just gonna want because you and I have uh, this is a frequent thing that has come up just in our relationship with each I, other I,
0: I know what's I know it's coming and I would have been disappointed if it weren't uh,
1: our, 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 so I, I hope you're I hope we're on the same page here but it is a little no it's a it's not a a super well played video game but it became infamous when it came out as one of the worst video games, reviewed, video games of all time. And that is Rambo colon, the video game, which was released in 2014 to all the major consoles. <laughs> Adam, did you know that I was going to address this game during our conversation?
0: I, 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 di- I didn't. Um, I was thinking of an old school NES game that I, I very much hope you would, uh, bring up, but it's in a, it's in the similar, it's the same ethos. Yeah. I would say. Rambo the video game is this spiritual heir. <laughs> To, to this video, game. and I know what video game you're
1: referring to, and it's definitely on my list, and it may be close to okay, number good, one, good. the number one position. But Rambo with the video game was a, no pun intended, a misfire. When uh, you know, <laughs> so this game came out in 2014. So Rambo, so the Rambo franchise had just been sort of rebooted by Sylvester Stallone because nobody was demanding it. But that's still just what <laughs> Sylvester Stallone does. He just creates sequels. If something works, he just continues to do it. Okay,
0: so yeah, he. Yeah, he creates something that is a genuine work of art, and then he's like, "How can I spend the next forty years undermining this?"
1: <laughs> so, so the game, the the idea was, well, Rambo's kicking back off, and there's these expendable films. What if we make a game where it's playable Rambo? But here's the, the the creators got a little creative because instead of making like a spinoff where it's its own Rambo movie in the form of a video game, it's actually scenes from the first. Three Rambo films that are now playable, not really strung together with any plot, <laughs> and so uh, so so first blood, Rambo, first blood part two, and Rambo three, the the one where he retroactively wins the Cold War. Um, now the <laughs> the issue with this game is that they wanted to make a first person shooter, like in in the vein of like Doom or you know uh, Call of Duty, some of those pla- classic games, which. The player controls the, the protagonist movement, but also with the other kind of hand, with the other joystick or the other kind of control can control the firearm. Well, they decided not to go that direction. It's mainly for budgetary reasons. And instead (laughs) it's more like the, the games that you go to the arcade and there's a mechanical gun and that's all you have control. So you have no idea. You have no control over where Rambo walks or where he looks. Your job is to shoot and kill only. You can't control the hero's (laughs) movement. All you control is shooting people. Now, Adam, I would like to (laughs) I would like to read a couple of lines from a review from the site IGN, who was forced to review this upon its release in in 2014. Now, I want to say this. Their first mistake, these video game makers, was basing any of the scenes in First Blood, the first Rambo movie, which I I know
0: that I was going to say. like It's like So, what you press the X button and he quietly weeps about his lost innocence,
1: (laughs) exactly. Because for me, I know a lot of people consider First Blood like a work of art, and you know, Sylvester's not an action movie, it's not, it, it it is a meditation on PTSD and America's psyche dealing with the violence it inflicted on Vietnam and the young men that we sent over there to fight that war. It is a pure, artful meditation. I don't even consider it canical, like part of the Rambo canon, personally. Like, yeah. to me, Rambo, the Rambo franchise started in Rambo 2 when he was sprung from jail and was forced to go rescue POWs from <laughs> Vietnam and retroactively win that war as well. Yes, I, 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 so there's no, there's no, there's nothing in that movie that I would want to play in a video game. So keeping that in mind, here are some lines from the review from IGN. It's worth remembering that in Rambo first blood, John Rambo is responsible for, uh, uh, precisely one death in 90 minutes in the first level of, yeah, yeah. An accidental death. He didn't even like killing the, the dogs that were out to eat him. In the first level of Rambo colon, the video game, I killed 147 people in eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is like if you made a video game of The Deer Hunter and it was just the Russian roulette scene.
1: Well, exactly. Like the the other thing about, about this game, evidently it's very very easy. Yeah, uh, there's some more lines from their view. With a mouse I was simply scrolling with ease, left clicking on enemy heads like I was clearing a minesweeper board. I don't see why that's a bad video <laughs> game. <laughs> That is okay here. That is really almost there is to it. Shoot everything. Okay, here's another here's another just one paragraph I wanted to read from this review. Remember that scene in First Blood where Rambo slaughters entire squads of National Guardsmen? Or how about that one where Rambo comes back to hope to massacre several dozen local and state police officers? You shouldn't, because neither happen. In Rambo the video game, you can shoot to disarm, although, as tips point out, only against the American citizens but it's cumbersome and leaves you vulnerable it is a game where the objective is to shoot anything that comes on screen which I get why it was reviewed poorly like I you probably shouldn't have Rambo just slaughtering law enforcement and civilians but if it's a game where where all you're doing is the only control you have is pulling the trigger and aiming like that is it that sounds like a great Rambo game to me personally
0: (laughs) It gets to the essence of uh, the character, doesn't it?
1: (laughs) It really does. So, Adam, on this on this simulator that you've somehow acquired that 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 simulates old video games, do you do you think it'd be possible to bring up uh, at some point Rambo uh, the the video game and and give it a test run and, and just go on a slaughtering spree?
0: Well, unfortunately, I don't think it gets that recent with its uh, mm. with its video games. Like, I think the most the newest system on there is N sixty four, which is unplayable because the <laughs> controller is a Super Nintendo controller. So <laughs> you you only have vertical or horizontal movement. Um, but it sounds like for Rambo the video game, you really wouldn't need anything other than one button.
1: Yeah, exactly. The trigger. And I also like the video game executives that like they go into the pitch We're like, all right, what game, what, what pitch are we hearing today? What, what's footage are we seeing? It's called Rambo colon, the video game. And the executive just goes, I'm going to stop you right there.
0: Here's $15
1: million. (laughs) Cause I thought I heard you just say Rambo colon the video game. That's all. I know. <laughs> All right. So that's my that's what was sort of my honorable mention uh, coming in. Number five, Adam, what do you got? Number four in your list, man.
0: Okay. I'm going to go a completely different direction mm-hmm. with uh, a video game that I, I, I don't understand how it's a, even a video game. It's called taboo. The sixth sense, right? <laughs> okay. Now this was a Nintendo game. I use game in the loosest possible (laughs) definition of the word because there's really nothing interactive about it, right? What it is is basically a tarot card reading, right? Yeah. So you type in a question, uh, give it some information, and then it will give you a tarot reading, uh, which, of course, combines two things kids love, typing and summoning satanic forces, (laughs) Uh, and it's incredibly cumbersome right you also have to put in uh for some reason what state you're from but it only gives you an option of 24 states (laughs) so you know sorry new hampshire
1: (laughs) you're exempt from this satanic spell
0: (laughs) exactly like if you're you're from like you know wisconsin no no uh, no, divining your future for you, right? <laughs> so you can type in any question. I typed in, what is sandwich? Because yeah. uh, I thought that was a, a pretty straightforward question, easy to answer. Yeah, um, And the kind of answers I got were uh, things like, your inner hopes and fears are wisdom or sound judgment in your decisions. <laughs> okay, that's... Uh, yeah not as
1: not as satanic as i was hoping yeah i know
0: (laughs) like i was i was hoping for hoping to to conjure something here so so
1: so is the game basically just opening fortune cookies for random scenarios you type in
0: (laughs) yes that's what it is and what it does is uh once you type in your question uh uh, to the creepiest and eerieest uh music that 8 bits could provide. Um it will then shuffle the tarot deck, lay it out and make you wait patiently as it turns over and reads all 12 of your tarot cards uh which uh with cutscenes that last entirely too long, right? And tells you uh, you know, really straightforward and uh Predictive things like presently influencing you is avoids changing or difficult situations. <laughs> uh, at one point, it told me your tendencies as viewed by others are causing cruelty or misery. Like, oh, my it? <laughs> Is this Jeff Ross the game? Why you got to roast me? Yeah,
1: exactly. Like, are you the world's meanest counselor? I thought it was in for a video game.
0: I just asked you what a sandwich was.
1: Yeah, all uh, of a sudden I'm taking this a hole version of the Enneagram here. Like, I don't need to know my personality deficiencies.
0: (laughs) I just asked who killed JFK, and I'm no closer to knowing the truth. one of the things I love, though, is that uh, with absolutely no warning, when it does the animation for shuffling the tarot deck, it hits you with the most frenetic, like, strobe flashing effect you could possibly imagine. Um, and it it makes me wonder if, like, you know, are, were they trying to bring on the onset of, like, seizures, like, to some sort of Darwinian thing? Like, you know, like we'll get rid re- thin the herd from the weak ones who can't, it can't handle these strobe effects. Like you know, just for good measure, we'll also dust the cartridge and peanut dust and shrimp shells. <laughs> yeah. But there's no warning at all. Um, and while I was reading up about this game, it said that there was actually an urban legend that the game had, uh, accurately predicted the deaths of some of the kids who, who bought, used gosh. it. Right? Um, uh, but it's like uh it's it's not really a difficult prediction when like normal gameplay brings about grand mal seizures. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, we predict.
1: We predict you have undiagnosed epilepsy. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think that's what you call self-fulfilling prophecy.
1: Well, I just love too. where some guys playing, he's like, oh, "When are humans going to land on Mars?" And it's like your propensity towards narcissism leaves people in your life feeling <laughs> isolated. And you're like, well, "That's a little on the nose there, taboo." <laughs> <laughs> like, good, good, good lord, got got personal. Quick, uh, is this one that you have on your simulator taboo? It the is, sixth. it is.
0: And I played it the other night, and I actually did ask it, "What is sandwich?" And I'm I'm no closer to knowing now than when I started. um But I do feel worse about myself.
1: Do, do, hey, okay, I have a question. Having done a deep dive into a lot of these old video games, do you feel like video games be- developers back in the day just had really hard, hard deadlines? Like, like, listen, <laughs> the game is due on the 20th. I don't care if it's done. I don't care if you completed it. I don't care if it's halfway done or there are massive holes in the functionality, plot, or discernment of how this game will work. The game is due on the 20th. I feel like a lot lot of the games just feel wildly unfinished.
0: Well, the thing is, it's like that's the trend in video games now is to release unfinished games because you can patch them later. Yeah. With these old games, you couldn't patch these things. It's like that, uh, like downloading a new patch for your game was just blowing in the cartridge. You know, <laughs> yeah. like that's it. That was the only fix for bugs in in a video game back then. Yeah. So it's like they did they released un, like they released broken video games with absolutely no way to fix them in the future other than maybe release a sequel
1: it's it's like okay if i bought cyberpunk and it's going to be 6 months till i can finish the game or whatever you know that's one thing but if i bought taboo and it's giving me ominous warnings about personality traits when i ask it <laughs> what kind of pizza i'm craving tonight that seems like a red flag for for the game maker yes
0: yeah. Oh, and by the way, sorry to any uh uh any Gen Zers out there, but uh this this video game uh didn't have the foresight to um to predict that the 21st century would occur. So, if you put in that you were born in 2001, it's going to assume that you were born in 1901. Um <laughs> and one fun feature is after it's read your tarot and it's made you feel thoroughly bad about yourself it will then give you your lucky numbers right and (laughs) when i flash my lucky numbers on the screen one of them was 27 and at first i was like oh wow 27 my birthday is january 27th my it's it's like it's known me all my life. What manner of deviltry is it? Oh, yeah. I told it my birthday at the beginning.
1: <laughs> I had to fill out a brief form before exactly. playing this game. Yeah.
0: It seems remarkably zero, zero well-informed. About guessing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like not exactly Nostradamus there.
1: <laughs> all right. Adam, my number four is a game that came out a little bit later. Um, it's it, it came out in 2003, and it's called Big Rigs, colon, Over the Road Racing. Not Road Racing over-the-road racing. And this game, <laughs> this game is set in one of the most, because here's the thing with video games. You want to be transported to a world that's beyond your own. You want to experience things that you can't experience in real life. You want the height of fantasy, violence, and excitement that you can experience no other place. So, what a better place to set a video game in the world of long haul trucking where you literally just <laughs> sit and stare outside of a like you you play video games to distract yourself from long drives. You know what I mean? Like it, it is literally a road trip game. Okay, so here's the best thing about big rigs over the road trucking. It was a game that uh the the studio called Stellar Stone, which seems like a pretty great uh, name for early two thousands video game studios,
0: saying expectations pretty high. Yeah,
1: <laughs> they immediately outsourced the development to Ukraine, and even though <laughs> the game they got back had no collision engine, so it couldn't perceive collision, so you could just drive yeah. <laughs> through buildings and your opponent's trucks. Uh, and y- you know, it was completely unfinished, and they just Stellar Stone was like, "Look, man." This is what we paid for. This is what the people are getting. The game starts and you're able to choose from five different uh, uh semi trucks, uh, these different big rigs. Unfortunately, if you select the fourth of the five, the game will crash and we'll have to restart over. So really, five of the, <laughs> f- five of the four are playable. Now, uh you're set
0: upon well, that, that ups the that ups the challenge level of the game, you know, because right away you're presented with an obstacle.
1: Well, you would think that would up the challenge, but the thing is none of the races have time uh, limits and it turns out none of the opponents could even move. So you're guaranteed. (laughs) (laughs) So you have a thousand percent chance to win every race. Now upon winning (laughs) upon winning, which again, there are no big rig truck races. This is based in a fantasy world. Like It's like, yeah, I delivered the, the shipment of toilet paper to Walmart on time. Give me money for my bank account so I can soup up my big rig. It doesn't work like that. Every race is independent. It has no bearing on any other big rig trucking. And the only thing you get is not money for your accomplishment, but it is a trophy that says, you're winner. That is it. You're winner. Now, this wouldn't be such a trap travesty, such an obviously phoned-in travesty, if it hadn't been for the cover of the game, which featured, like, an and The game looks awesome. Like, if you were in the video store as so if 11 year old Adam was wandering through Blockbuster, it was like, dude, I need a new game for my Dreamcast. Okay. And you saw the video <laughs> for Big Rigs over the road racing. You saw the cover and it showed a Big Rig getting run off the road by a police car, which it promised on the cover, but like police chases and all this exciting stuff. It's you was
0: in and the Bandit, the game.
1: Yeah, exactly. This is this is OG Grand Theft Auto I'm dealing with here. I'm mean, gonna police chase in a big rig. There's not one police officer present in the whole game, and even if he was, your truck would drive right through him because there's no collision detection in the game. the The other thing, <laughs> the other reason I wanted to mention this game is because it turns out the game was so bad that it's sort <laughs> of taken on an. This is a deep rabbit hole, man, and I, I I'm hesitant to even unleash this out into the world. But no, there's go a for it. website. Go for it. There's a website called yourwinner.com, and evidently this game has picked up quite the cult following. Now, I did go to yourwinner.com. It hasn't been updating quite a big time in quite a, quite a long time, and the primary feature seemed to be a message board where people go and share their thoughts on B-R-O-T-R-R, which is what people on uh, yourwinner.com like to refer to big rigs over the road racing. Uh, Bro TTR. Uh, Bro TRR. Uh, But on the Bro TRR message board, you will find lots of subjects like poetry written and dedicated solely to big rigs over the road racing. It is a fascinating (laughs) deep dive. These people are not interested in complaining about the game. They're just kind of marinating in it. And it seems like they've been doing it for quite a long time.
0: I, I I have to play this game now. So it's a game basically with no no obstacles and no definite end point.
1: <laughs> Correct. I mean, honestly, for for like just stress relief, I feel like, hey man, that sounds like my kind of game. There's really no actual gameplay, you know.
0: It kind of reminds me of the original Donkey Kong. Like I remember, I uh, when I was in my early twenties, I bought an Atari Twenty Six Hundred that I found at a Salvation Army right and it had the original donkey kong and i think we tend to remember uh donkey kong incorrectly because we remember it as a game with a a bit of depth and challenge uh but the original donkey kong uh you had what looked like uh chewbacca standing up on a set of steel girders and throwing barrels at you and then if you were lucky enough to finish the level you're like oh man that was tough. I bet the next one's going to be even tougher. Nope, it's just this one again. It's the same level with the same pattern of barrels, the same level of difficulty on and on into infinity. So it's basically just wearing down your resolve. You know, it's like it's not it's not increasing the level of challenge, it's just testing your patience. Like you get a high score if you can endure just this like Sisypian task for longer than someone
1: else (laughs) yeah yeah, exactly push the rock up the hill and just do it again tomorrow but at least that game had you know conceivably something high-minded in in you know in its objective this one i think the dude at stellar stone called up the developer in ukraine and was like hey dude Guess what? Just land another game contract. It's called Big Rig's Over the Road Racing, and the guy in the Ukraine's like, "All right, sweet. Tell me the details. I'll get this thing made." He's like, "No, literally. That's all I have. It's called Big Rig's yes, Over the Road." The
0: details. It's, it's
1: <laughs> I, you owe it to me in thirty-five days. Like exactly. that, that is the level of game.
0: You know? Yeah. Here's the project brief. Trucks. <laughs> Go. <laughs> Your winner. <laughs> see you in thirty days. <laughs>
1: This baby, this baby ships. (laughs) They're like, well, hey man, the fifth truck isn't even working. I said it ships. You know, (laughs) I mean, the game—literally, the game will crash, and you have to restart the machine if you pick the fifth truck. I said it ships. (laughs) I could just remove the truck. You just have four. I said. It ships. <laughs> St- Stellar Stone does not be does not miss deadlines. All right, Adam Big Rigs over the road racing. What do you got for your number three?
0: Okay, this is a game that I owned when I was a kid, right? Um and uh it was a, a well-meaning gift, Christmas gift from my parents. Uh and it is the official uh movie tie-in game for Back to the Future.
1: Right. No. A Back to the Future game? Yes.
0: Back to the Future, the video game. And it contains everything you love about the movie. Namely, the fact that as Marty McFly, you're pulled down the street by an unseen force. Right? Uh, you can't stop. You're constantly walking down the street, pulled by, uh, pulled by an unseen force. And you have to dodge bees, uh, bullies, Hula hooping girls blowing kisses and uh, <laughs> guys carrying a pane of glass,
1: just right? like the movie.
0: <laughs> just like the movie, it's a, honestly it's like if you play that game, you it, what? All I can say is if you haven't seen Back to the Future, don't play the game first because it will completely spoil the movie for you. It removes any element of surprise. <laughs> you know, uh, it's it's. You all remember the infamous
1: hula hooping scene. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and the bees—he was constantly dodging. <laughs> you remember, like that's one of the main things I remember about that. It's been a few years since I've watched it, but one of the main things I remember is dodging the bees. It's—it's uh, it's probably uh, because of that Huey Lewis song from the uh, yeah. Um, from the movie you know the where it's like dodge those bees get them clocks find yourself a bowling ball to throw with those guys you better get some clocks if you see them and watch out for those bees that's the plot of this film you remember that one oh, of course
1: of course I mean I remember beekeeping being very very integral to the plot of Doc <laughs> like
0: I remember yeah, well, yeah. That. Even there's that other Huey Lewis song um <laughs> that wasn't even in the film, but uh, was obviously inspired by it. The uh I want a new drug, where it's like two guys walking around, walking around my street, <laughs> two guys walking around my street got themselves a pane of glass. <laughs> you remember that one? Oh, okay. you I remember because he sued he sued Ray Parker Jr. because the the theme from ghostbusters actually plagiarized um the power uh i want a new drug yeah and you remember the theme from ghostbusters The when guys walk around in your neighborhood <laughs> what do they got pane of glass <laughs> they're walking around with panes of glass, how do they walk back and forth? You
1: remember that, <laughs> I, I, and and who can for, forget the famous spring scene video where it's just him dodging panes of glass for the entirety of four minutes? I mean, I feel like this is a theme so tied to Back to the Future just kept reoccurring in adjacent pop culture for a decade.
0: Honestly, like I, I, I think the. Some of the confusion comes in <laughs> because the original title of the film was uh, Bees and Panes of Glass, uh, but they they changed it and I think made it a bit less forthright. So you didn't really know what to expect when you went to see the movie, uh, but I've never made it past the second level. Of Back to the Future, which is the the other big scene that everyone remembers from the movie, where he's standing behind the counter at a diner throwing milkshakes at people. (laughs) Does
1: it okay? Have you have you heard the story, the true story of like E. T. the video game, Mm -hmm. where you know back in you know the 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 heyday of Atari they were top of the world they could not be stopped and you know Spielberg was getting ready to release ET but there's a lot of licensing complications and so the video game contract wasn't awarded to Atari to very late in the game but they needed to hit a christmas uh you know they needed to hit a production deadline so they could get the game out by christmas so in order to do so they basically just took Parts from unfinished games and cobble them together, and threw E.T. in as a character in the game. Uh, you know, yeah,
0: and basically the the whole like the whole premise of the game is you fell into a pit and had to stretch your neck.
1: To get out <laughs> I mean hey but this this kind of thing wasn't uncommon then where they would have like some pre-existing uh, game that that ju- games that aren't finished so maybe one would have uh, uh, an element where you had to you know dodge bad guys and they put a pane of glass in there or throw uh, some sort of uh, fireball and they'll put milkshakes in there but this inject the characters from the movie and and expect nobody to notice the difference Did you? Was your first interaction with Back to the Future, the game, as a kid, expecting a Back to the Future game, or did you kind of uh, stumble upon it in its later life online?
0: No, no. I I got this game for Christmas when I was probably (laughs) nine or ten years old. (laughs) And I played it a lot, like a lot, and still never made it past the second level. I've been trying to beat the second level of that game for thirty <laughs> some odd years.
1: <laughs> the hardest the hardest video game ever made is the Back to the Future game that had a brief window in like nineteen eighty five. Like I, I yes, love that.
0: It's, it's well nigh on impossible. And, uh, but the thing is, it's like, I don't feel like I really need to play the rest of the game because it hues so closely to the film that you already know what the rest of the game is going to be. <laughs> I mean,
1: yeah, what's the point of just replaying the movie? You know, like if yeah. I wanted more bees, I would just fire up the movie again.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, okay, I know, I know after the, the milkshake and the bullies, He's going to, there's going to be some more beekeeping Then he's going to have to jump across the river on the heads of alligators, you know, (laughs) and then, uh, you know, there's going to be more panes of glass. So it's like, yeah, I get it. I've seen the movie. It's,
1: it's the, it's the second best game about dodging bees only behind my girl, the video game starring (laughs) McCullough. What a, (laughs) what a ride that game is. I'll be honest. (laughs) Takes a while to get going, but once you get to that final boss, (laughs) those bees...
0: (laughs) see that's the thing if they had just slapped my girl on the label it would have been a 100 you wouldn't accident. even have thought be you'd tired. be like
1: oh this is just a random suburban kid living his existence you know walking down a main street with you know glass repairmen and you know maybe he lives in florida there's alligators sure why not my girl who cares obviously he's gonna have to fight bees at the end <laughs> like that yeah. is the boss
0: <laughs> And I've seen the movie, and he doesn't win. Yeah, so you're talking
1: about level two of Back to the Future's art. You try level two of My Girl. The guys, the guy made it clear from the very beginning of the game he's deathly allergic to bees. And sure enough, what do they stumble upon? Big old hive, just waiting for him. Oh boy, <laughs> it's really, really a disturbing game. All right, Adam, I if I were a video game if I just had like, you ever think what you do would just, if you just had like a trillion dollars and someone was like, Hey, like 20 million has to be wasted on hilarious things. Commissioning the best video game makers in the world to make my girl, the video game, I think would be pretty <laughs> high on my priority list. I'd be like, dude, make well, it the I, best see, game ever. It, it would never, but happen. it has to be based. It has to be solely based. Everything in this game has to have happened in the movie. My girl starring Macaulay Culkin.
0: Like that would be the stipulation. <laughs> I, I honestly think if they just reskinned the Back to the Future video game, you would have a 100% perfect adaptation of My Girl. <laughs> you wouldn't have to change a single detail other than the label on the cartridge.
1: I, because it, it, the one thing everyone has thought when they watched the the, the film My Girl is, I wish this was playable. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could run from the bees. <laughs> Oh, uh, okay all right. all right my number two.
0: i'd do better than that loser
1: i mean honestly i had it coming
0: it seems like you barely even tried
1: he, he didn't give those bees any fight <laughs> or at least taking out the hive um all right take a few with you yeah exactly. but- you know the writings on the wall homie you're deathly allergic to them <laughs> they stung you like a hundred times on screen why don't you just take a few out okay <laughs> I'm sorry I have a lot of my girl pent up uh uh you know passivity over these years I'm afraid a lot of frustration <laughs> at his uh B defense okay uh okay next on my list Adam is a game that I feel like pretty much everyone who's listening to this, no matter what their aptitude for video games is, is probably familiar with. And that is the Street Fighter franchise. Now, I feel like when, you were, when, we, when I was growing up, it was either you were a Street Fighter kid or you were a Mortal Kombat kid. I had no beef with Mortal Kombat. I thought it was cool, but I just never had. I just never owned it. I always owned all the Street Fighter games, which... When I was a kid, it was only Super Street Fighter Two and like fifty iterations. They never put out Street Fighter Three when I was a kid. It was only a bunch of different versions of Street Fighter Two. Yes. But I was that. yes, you know. So, but the great the, the the thing about this game in retrospect is if you were to describe it now, which I went back and did a pretty big deep dive on Street on the world of Street Fighter. It's this is basically the premise of the game. Let's take ethnic and cultural stereotypes make them into characters and make the whole premise of the game of having them fight each other. Like that is the game. Okay. So these are actual character descriptions of playable characters in the street fighter franchise, uh, from, from their Wikipedia descriptions. Zangief is a professional wrestler that fights to prove Russian superiority over other nations fighters. Like a Russian white supremacist, like corn fed maniac is a playable character. Okay. Okay. Here's this one. I even feel problematic reading this, and I just want people out out there. This is not an endorsement of Street Fighter. This is this is literally what Street Fighter was in the game for Street Fighter. A character named DJ. Okay, D E E J A Y D J. He is a, okay. This is his, this is his description. He is a Jamaican kickboxer, uh, uh, as well as a recording artist and breakdancer. He is the only character at the time to be designed by an American. DJ was based on real life kickboxer Billy Blanks. A Jamaican kickboxer and rapper and breakdancer named DJ. Okay. How about Mike, an African American boxer who formerly competed professionally until he accidentally killed an opponent during a match? Or how about this for the one who is obviously the, the character who's obviously of Southeast Asian descent. He is a mystical yogi who is loved by his villagers and family alike. He is also a pacifist who goes against his beliefs by entering the World Warrior Tournament to raise money for his poor village. Vega.
0: Are you talking about Galsim? Yes. <laughs> like Okay, so he's a pacifist. He wears a necklace of human skulls.
1: <laughs> exactly. And where did he learn that move where he can extend his arm out 30 feet and chop somebody in the throat? Okay, how about this one? This is when they got, they were like, okay, we're not going to be as problematic. We're just going to combine stereotypes into one character. How about Vega? Vega is a mask wearing claw wielding fighter from Spain who uses a personal fighting style combining Japanese ninjutsu with Spanish bullfighting, earning him the nickname Spanish ninja. I mean literally it is <laughs> a really game a based that. On, it is it is a game based on ethnic and cultural stereotypes. Yeah. Like in retrospect in retrospect Adam having I'm sure you played a lot of Street Fighter growing up at, you know with the hindsight of an adult do you feel like this game was a little problematic
0: deeply problematic. Yeah. Uh what I'll tell you what always troubled me about Street Fighter okay. is uh Whenever you got, say you're playing as Chun Li, who Ken. is a, you know a very petite, diminutive young lady. Yeah. The moment you get set on fire by <laughs> uh, one of the characters who has any kind of firepower, like Ryu or Ken or yeah. Dalsim or someone like that, your body, uh, like your 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 body model, turns into a beefy guy. And that always that always bothered me. It's like you couldn't do one more than one like person on fire model for this game.
1: <laughs> one more animation for a woman. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's all pretty problematic. Yeah, I I think the thing that really bugs me is Ken with his cultural appropriation. <laughs>
1: hey, well, because here is the thing, Ken. Okay, for people who who may not remember. There were two kind of primary protagonists. One was Ryu, who, you know, kind of looked like, I don't know what, any other way to describe his cartoonish appearance, but someone who, who might have, would not have been an odd fit in like a uh, classic Kung Fu film or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But then like, you had, he looked
0: like they modeled him on like Bruce Lee.
1: Yeah, exactly. But then you had Ken, who had a blonde mullet and basically was otherwise identical to Ryu.
0: Like, yeah, exactly. It It had all the identical powers in the body of Rod Stewart. (laughs) It's so true. The model, it does look like a
1: playable Rod Stewart. Which, (laughs) by the way, you know, talking about all these games, Rod Stewart the game. Why not
0: put it right up there with my girl? (laughs) Only if he gets stung to death by bees.
1: More games need to end with a hero being stung to death by bees in the final playable scene. So you can at least take a couple of bees out. I'm like that. was the goalie Culkin? All right, Adam number two, what? what do you got for number two, man?
0: Okay. So my, uh, number two is, uh, Michael Jordan chaos in the windy city, right? Oh
1: now, man. I haven't even, I, I feel like I, I, I played a ton of basketball and sports games and I've never heard of this.
0: Well, here we go. If you were making a game about Michael Jordan, the greatest basketball player of all time, yeah. a man who, in spite of some of his other sporting efforts, is known for basketball, whose name is practically synonymous with basketball. How much basketball do you think you would include in it? If your answer is some You have made a better video game than the makers of Michael Jordan chaos in the Windy city. (laughs) It's not a sports game. It is a side scrolling platformer game, right? Where, where you play as Michael Jordan, who is, uh, trying to save the rest of the NBA players, uh, from some sort of uh, you know some sort of uh, danger to to collect them in time, they've been kidnapped, and he's trying to collect them in time for the All Star Charity Game. Right? <laughs>
1: and I, well, I so, have a question: d- d- Were they kidnapped by like a a mafia boss in Chicago? <laughs> Does it take place in in downtown Chicago?
0: Um, it, it's a, a mad scientist named Maximus Cranium, right? Okay. Uh, so I, I'm not sure what his end game is, uh, in kidnapping <laughs> these, uh, these other NBA players. Um, but the funny thing is it's, uh, it's before like a, a charity game hosted by Scotty Pippen, which, Already this game stretches credulity in thinking that Michael Jordan would lift even a finger to help Scottie Pippen.
1: Never in a million years. Even to this day. Even to this day. I saw the last dance. Those two guys are ice cold, even to this day.
0: Yeah. Yep. If if Michael, if like if Scottie Pippen were abducted by a mad scientist, Michael Jordan would sit back and just spark up an enormous cigar.
1: But, okay, what is the playable action in this game, though? So the the, the scenario is Scottie Pippen, for some reason, is throwing a charity all-star. An unaffili- because it's Scottie Pippen, I'm assuming this is unsanctioned by the NBA, and he is throwing a personal <laughs> charity basketball game, which is somehow a trap or something that leads all of the, the stars of the league to be captive in Chicago by some sort of lunatic and Michael Jordan's the only one who can save them. How does he do it in the game? <laughs> by
0: by throwing basketballs with different abilities, right? <laughs> so like you can throw a, a freeze ball that uh, freezes things, uh, freezes the ground and makes enemies slip on them. Uh, fireballs, bomb balls, things like that. Throwing basketballs. Um, not playing basketball, mind you, throwing
1: them. <laughs> well, obviously, I mean, he was known for his abilities to just throw them at unsuspecting people. Why? To, to weaponize basketball. I mean, obviously, it's synonymous with Michael Jordan.
0: Exactly. I was tempted to pick Shaq Fu for this because I, I just love the idea of, you know, licensing uh, like uh, an athlete who is known for one thing. And one thing only. And then being like, let's have them not do that thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Let's have them fight. Well, that, well, at least at least with Shaq Fu. Right, Because I almost put Shaq Fu on my list too, but I have nothing but fond memories of Shaq Fu. One, I love Shaq. I just feel like he's an affable guy. And just yes. by force of personality, even though that personality isn't really represented in the game, just the association with Shaq makes it like a fun novelty. Like I It's agree. almost like Shaq can like wink at Shaq Fu, kind of in on the joke, like, hey, this is a corny fighting game where I'm a playable character. It's called Shaq Fu. Where with Michael exactly. Jordan, I don't feel like Michael Jordan is capable of self-deprecating location at any level no. you know much no. less being injected into a video game that has nothing to do with the skill set or appearance
0: yeah, I I just I just love that. I wish we still had games like that, like Novak Djokovic's dental surgery challenge.
1: <laughs> you know? But if you real talk, if you found out that the Joker was actually pretty good at oral surgery, would that surprise you? Because everything I learned about that guy, I'm just like, he's maybe one of the fast, most fascinating humans alive, and he yeah, happens to but, be a yeah, basketball, a seven foot four basketball savant. You know, yeah, that it makes makes sense. And he looks like a, pl- a playable Character from an early Street Fighter game. <laughs> like if you had if you had a playerable if you had a playable character from Slovenia named Jokic, and he was just, it looked like Jokic the NBA player, would be like, that's about right. You know, that doesn't seem problematic. That's just reality. <laughs> All right, Adam, I have now what I feel like. Is probably a moment that you've been waiting for. I know it's one I've been waiting to discuss. It is a game that I feel like has lived on with Infamy. uh, But there's a lot of games that sort of followed the similar model of this game. Um, And the the model of this game is it's typically a two-player game that would start off in an arcade and make the jump to consoles. Um, And it was the game was a side scroller. So, you know, two characters share the screen and walk in the same direction, the, the same uh, the entirety of the game, uh just on a long long walk punching and fighting people along the way. That is the entire premise of this yeah, game. A beat 'em up. A yeah. beat
0: 'em up is what they call
1: it. Yeah, it's a classic beat 'em up and this beat 'em up is called Bad Dudes. Here is how Thank the- you. Here is how I and I knew I'm so glad that you knew I was going to bring this because here is how the game bad dudes open up uh, text appears on screen and informs the player this rampant ninja crimes these days. White House is not an exception, <laughs> So, but even how they phrase it rampant ninja crime these days colon, or, or like, period, period, period. Like, shaking my head, man. These ninjas just, <laughs> it's rampant.
0: It's, it's in all the papers. <laughs> and yeah. It says, White they're, House. They're tapping into the zeitgeist. <laughs> because if the, the late 80s was known for one thing, it was rampant ninja crimes. <laughs> and
1: listen, Adam, White House is not the exception. Uh, and then we're <laughs> informed that President Ronnie has been kidnapped by ninjas. Now, I did appreciate sort of the tongue-in-cheek irreverence of, of, of calling you know President Reagan, President Ronnie. I don't really care. Yeah. Uh, but we are informed that the president has been ca- kidnapped. And then we are posed with a question. Are you a bad enough dude to rescue Ronnie? At that point... The Secret Service is shown going on screen and talking to two bad dudes, two just like street thug hooligans. And they assigned the mission. They assigned the mission of rescuing a sitting president from ninjas to just two random street hooligans.
0: Because they're the only dudes bad enough. You know, it's like <laughs> you have to think that the Secret Service <clears throat> was like, you know, they, they come to like, you know, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs and they're like, bad news sir we've searched through the entire military for two bad enough dudes to rescue president ronnie we've found some good dudes we found some some bad fellows we found some morally neutral hombres but we have yet to find can't can't find Heidner hair of two bad dudes Looks like we're going to have to turn to civilians.
1: <laughs> and and what do you know? We have two in mind, Blade and striker. <laughs> 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 and I love it that they – okay, so hypothetically, we're supposed to believe that ninjas have, have captured the president. Blade and Stryker, these two street hooligans, are the only ones who can do it. Instead of arm, instead of much less giving them any intelligence, we just send them along New York just to randomly punch anyone they see directly into the face. Okay. <laughs> that is their mission. Walk through New York randomly punching people until you find the precedent.
0: Okay. Yeah. And they do our that. Military couldn't have our military couldn't have done this. This is a job that, you know, uh, abrams tanks uh you know uh (laughs) sophisticated fighter jets uh special forces with uh you know with surveillance and uh drones they couldn't have done this job because this job calls for punching
1: tremendous amount of and not only not only did they not give blade striker any intelligence on the whereabouts of the president they gave them no weaponry they basically sent them into new york and say just start punching people till you find him. if you occasionally find like a broken chain you can whip people with it <laughs> but that is <laughs> but that's all you got <laughs> good luck out there there's a lot of by ninjas
0: way, be, yeah and by the way don't be surprised hmm. there are basically three different kinds of (laughs) of enemies you will encounter it's it's many many it's three sets of identical quintillion uplets (laughs) so don't don't be alarmed by the fact that most of these people are going to look exactly alike
1: yeah and and we don't need to explain to you blade and striker we assume why approximately 1500 ninjas are just roaming the streets Randomly of New York waiting to get punched in the face. Like they're the the most poor. How do they, how do they steal the president? They are literally the most poorly trained ninjas I've ever seen. They sneak up on no one. They're just walking around and they have no defense to getting punched directly. The only thing, Blade and Striker. They can punch down four or five guys if they're lined up correctly right in a row. Like it like remember that old remember that famous Beatles poster where like Muhammad Ali has his fist out and he's somehow and he's like punching the head of Ringo and it's going into all of the Beatles heads, you know, like sort of like a domino. That's basic Blade and Stryker have that's their only superpower. They're very good at lining (laughs) up skulls before punching them of just random rampant ninjas. So basically and, and they're good at whipping people with broken chains.
0: Yeah. Like our greatest our greatest power is kinetic energy.
1: <laughs> you're they're like, trust us, you have we can punch super effing hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking like you're like, okay, how effing hard are you talking? Like five ninjas at one time, no problem. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I had a bit of an epiphany. While we're talking about this, Jesse, okay. Suicide Squad is a remake of Bad Dudes. Okay, I'm here for this take. It's this, uh, look, that's it. That's the take beginning to end. Yeah. That's, as we're describing the plot of Bad Dudes, I haven't even seen Suicide Squad. I've just yeah. read all the reviews, read the synopses, <laughs> things like that. It's bad dudes. Let's take
1: let's take the most important mission in American history and outsource it to random street thugs and just hope yeah. it all are goes you okay. Bad
0: enough dudes, are you bad enough dudes to defeat this evil sorceress? <laughs> what most of this will be walking through a city and punching people.
1: <laughs> exactly. Hey, yeah. Just it's like okay, what what's the plan here? Just hit the city, man. Just start punching. You you yeah, just
0: walk through. Exactly.
1: Eventually you'll find the
0: boss. (laughs) If you just walk long enough.
1: I mean, you're gonna run out of people to punch at some point. Just (laughs) the law statistics says one of them has the precedent.
0: Exactly. If you punch someone and then there's no one left to punch and you see the president in the room with you, <laughs> odds are that that you've, you've accomplished your mission. Mission accomplished. It turned out you yeah, were bad tried. enough, dude. Yeah, by sh- sheer process of elimination, <laughs> when there's no one left to punch, you've won.
1: <laughs> and we're pretty sure the only clue we have is we're pretty sure he's in New York City. So get punching, <laughs> dudes. <laughs> All right. Adam, I'm really glad you knew that was going to be on my list, by the way.
0: I, you know, I was lying awake the other night thinking, should I put bad dudes on my list? And I thought, I've known Jesse for 15 years. <laughs> there, is, there, is not, there is not a scenario in which bad dudes isn't already on
1: this list. I love it so much it makes me It may, do you ever wish you do you ever think you were born like a decade too soon like if I peaked when bad dudes was peaking you know what I mean like if the peak of my life was at the peak of bad dudes like if I came over working, work and people were like dude you're not gonna believe this video game is gonna blow your if this was the if bad dudes because it's conceivable that there was a time Adam where bad dudes was the peak of human technology and innovation like someone there was a kid somewhere that's a grown that's a Adult right now. That at some point in his life, he came home and was like, "I cannot believe I'm actually doing this. I'm, I can't believe I'm playing this game." For one moment in time, Bad Dudes was the greatest thing humanity had ever invented. <laughs> <laughs> like there was a small window where that was true. All right, all right, Adam. Number one on your list. I'm, I'm very, I'm very excited to see what you got here.
0: Okay. Now when you were a, a kid in the eighties, the you know, you probably liked the the pop culture, you know, you probably no, liked the, the cool things at the time, you know, GI Joe, your He-Mans, you know, your, uh, you know, your, your cool celebrities, like uh, at the time, Michael Jackson, uh, you know, the, the sports fan. idols, yeah, things like that. But I bet, If you were like any kid in the 80s, what you loved most of all, what was most current and cool and edgy, was the Three Stooges. (laughs) (laughs) Is there a Three
1: Stooges video game?
0: (laughs) And that's why when Nintendo was looking for games, looking for properties (laughs) to license, they thought nothing's hotter right now than a 50 year old, (laughs) 50 year old serialized shorts of, uh, you know, that was lame at the time. (laughs) Yeah. And now, I uh, hand on heart, I'm a massive Three Stooges fan. Okay. I love the Three Stooges. Okay. Um, but if if I were to think like what's what's a way to make a Three Stooges game and make it work, you know. Like well, it's pretty obvious. The entire conceit of the Three Stooges is that they hurt themselves and each other, yeah. right? That's a that's a game right there. That's a, a perfect game. Just J- just, just a Street Fighter, just
1: make it Street Fighter with three people, you know.
0: Exactly. Exactly. That's all you have to do. Instead, they decided to develop this uh, this whole conceit of the uh, the three Stooges are trying to raise money to save an orphanage, right? Okay. <laughs> and you've got like uh, you've got like a week or something to save this orphanage, and you have to raise a certain amount of money. And how are they going to do that? by finding odd jobs that stooges of any people are least qualified for you know, jobs completely ill-suited to a stooge. Yeah. Um, and so basically you would just go from job to job performing these tasks and hopefully winning money to save this orphanage.
1: Is there any slapstick uh, comedy involved?
0: Um, look, it's probably a bit of a stretch to call it comedy. Well, well let, let me ask uh, this.
1: Is one of the jobs like, hey, can you three stooges carry this piano down the flight of stairs or is it like a fix a plumbing link or leak or something?
0: Well, there's a, like one where you're throwing pies at people, you know, that's, <laughs> that's pretty, uh, that's oh, yeah. pretty on. Under- I mean, who, who, who among
1: themselves, that wasn't one of their early minimum wage gigs you know
0: exactly that's pretty on brand for the stooges another one your hospital orderlies once again pretty on brand for the three stooges they were always doing stuff like that and uh you just have to go down a hallway as fast as you can collecting things that some guy in front of you drops uh without crashing into obstacles right but the thing is the game doesn't really tell you doesn't really give you any uh background on what exactly you're supposed to be doing in each task yeah. it just kind of plunges you into the middle of the situation <laughs> you uh you flail about wildly for a minute and a half or so and then it's like hey you made five hundred dollars like, wow. that was entirely accidental <laughs> hey, oh, um, uh,
1: 100 for me 400 for the orphans let's go <laughs> <laughs>
0: stooge stooge gotta eat yeah. um my my favorite one is uh, there's a there's a very uh, famous Three Stooges short where Curly becomes a professional boxer and he's been hypnotized to be like really good at boxing whenever Larry plays Pop Goes the Weasel on his violin. Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, and I remember this short. And so they uh, immortalize it within this game where you you want to you have to last a certain number of rounds against a, a boxer. Uh, in the ring. And what seems like a good way to do that is to have, you know, make Curly a playable character that you, you punch with, you know, so kind of a little Mike Tyson's punch out situation. Instead, what they decide is what if we made a very confusing split screen? So you don't know who you're (laughs) controlling. And on one part of the screen is Curly uh, kind of fluttering back and forth in a boxing ring And the actual playable character is Larry, who for some reason is running down the street and avoiding obstacles. (laughs) I still, I've I've played this game. Again, this is a game that I rented on purpose with my own money when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, And I still don't understand the actual objective of any of the tasks you do. And the fun thing about it is that you don't get to choose the tasks. They're randomly assigned. And sometimes it will randomly assign you the same task several times in a row.
1: How many tasks are there? Like how how long? Like if you were to play them sequentially, not randomly. Like I mean, are we talking a dozen?
0: Uh, I no, I don't think it's anything like a dozen. I think it's maybe more like <laughs> half a dozen. Uh, and I think that if if memory serves, you're raising the money over like a week's period or something. And every time you do a task, that's a day. So if you played this game flawlessly you could potentially beat it within about two and a half minutes.
1: (laughs) But I feel like that was part of the hallmark of these old games. Like there was always some like workaround if you didn't really want to play the game or you didn't want to actually challenge yourself. You could just skip the actual game just to beat the game.
0: And, and yeah, essentially. like like Super Mario Brothers, you know, it, like if you did the warp zones, you could beat the game in like something like five minutes.
1: well, I'm glad you brought that up, Adam because i want I want to close out my list by talking about the Super Mario Brothers at number one. you know, I had a lot, you know, when you were describing the setup for, uh, the the Three Stooges game, you know, like these '80s characters that everyone would just assume there's a video game. I was really thinking you were going to talk about the Noid game, which the Noid, for oh, people yeah. who don't remember, was a, uh, a a short-lived mascot for Domino's Pizza, which was sort of this. I don't even know how to describe him sort of kangaroo-like humanoid thing that uh, yeah. you know garnered he his just own video. To ruin pizza.
0: Yeah, that's um, yeah, and I, the Noid was actually on my shortlist for <laughs> uh, for games for this. But the problem with the Noid video game is it's a pretty stock standard platformer game. Yeah, that there's nothing. The only weird thing about it is that it's a short-lived Domino's pizza mascot.
1: Yeah, it, it, because otherwise it's it's pretty indistinguishable from a lot of the games of that era. Yeah. But that's why I wanted to talk briefly. I want to close out this list by talking about Super Mario Brothers. And I feel like just because Super Mario Brothers is such an iconic franchise that spans multiple generations at this point, it gets a pass on how just weird every part of it is. Like if you were, okay, let's say you're a Japanese game developer in the, the early 80s and you're pitching the, your latest game to your boss. And he's like, well, who's the protagonist? An Italian plumber. Well, what's his name? <laughs> his name is Mario. Is there anyone else? He has a brother, Luigi. They're both overweight and they have no powers. Okay. All right. <laughs> Sounds. I'm sold. Yeah. Okay. I'm um, listening. Yeah. Uh, what are they, what, what is their primary task that the player will do? Jump on turtles, like jump, like to, to like ride them. No, no, no. They're killing turtles by jumping on them. So they're fat Italian plumbers that are just jump on turtles for most of the game. That's right. And they crush them and kill them. And then, well, what's the objective? Uh, princess toadstool. She lives in the pipes, the pipes? Yeah, yeah, it's a whole thing in the pipes. That's where the turtles are. <laughs> so we got two Italian plumbers that are jumping on turtles just in a series of pipes. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much the game here. Mario Brothers is so freaking weird on every level. But, dude, the thing about it is, even though I feel like Mario Brothers still meets our criteria for being unintentionally hilarious, it's still pretty fun. Like, it's just works. It's a great game. It just works. But have you ever thought, have you ever just thought about the, the pure weirdness of every aspect of that game, including, like I said, the protagonist, like the playable characters are again, two sort of like cultural stereotypes that are totally <laughs> disconnected from anything in the game. Like if it was Zelda, if Zelda was the hero, it would have made no difference to the game. They just made them overweight Italian plumbers for no reason.
0: Yeah. Anyone, anyone could have been jumping on those turtles. Yeah, but they thought, you know, like who who can kids really uh, get behind and cheer for? You know, just uh, you know, working class immigrants.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's like okay, I want this game to be relatable uh, and aspirational for a seven year old. You know, something like a superhero. I got the perfect one: Brooklyn-based Italian blue-collar plumbers named Mario and Luigi. <laughs> They're brothers <laughs> who live together. And sometimes they go down the pipes and jump on turtles. Who? What kid <laughs> did fantasize about that reality?
0: <laughs> and really, most of it is just slaughtering animals.
1: <laughs> exactly. Hey, to be fair to, those, to all those animals that you slaughter in the course of Super Mario Bros. World, they seem to be minding their own business for the most part. They're just walking around there. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you're getting in their way.
1: Yeah, exactly. That turtle. That seems to be that little desert land or whatever. That seems to be his habitat. And you're just trouts. You're not only troutsing through there. You're actively jumping on them.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because and you can see that in the fact that if you jump over them, they will not pursue you. <laughs> exactly. They're they just-, just going on. They're going about their business. They don't
1: even know what a plumber is. Okay. They got no <laughs> beef.
0: They're just, they're dumb
1: turtles. And you're out there, you're pulverizing them every time you jump on them.
0: <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen the Pete Holmes show that was on several years yeah, ago. Yeah. Pete yeah. Holmes, you know, fantastic standup. Oh, I love me. Pete and, Holmes. Yeah. Uh, he, he had a, uh, a segment that was realistic Mario brothers where Mario jumps on a turtle and it just cracks the shell and like <laughs> explodes into a shower of blood. And another turtle comes up. And he's like, "Gary, oh Gary, what the <laughs> heck, like, man? Why'd you just like... jump on Gary?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who are these? Who are these Italian jerks just trouncing just, through, man? <laughs> <laughs> We're just walking. We're just on our way somewhere. We, we are over us. We will pay you no heed.
1: I know nothing about this kidnapped princess you speak of. I'm a freaking turtle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you had the you're
1: obviously fantastic at leaping. You could have leaped right over me. And not yeah, you know, I but worse, you killed a family member, picked up a shell, and then killed another family member with it. Yeah,
0: what do you have yeah. against us turtles? I'm a turtle. I don't have the capacity for abstract thought, let alone the wherewithal to kidnap Uh, uh, You know, a member of the royal family.
1: (laughs) Last time I checked, I'm just walking around here aimlessly (laughs) trying to avoid getting stomped on by a plumber who, if, if we're to be honest, has no business even being here,
0: you know? Yeah, exactly. This is our habitat.
1: Well, it may it. I'll say this, Adam. It makes me want to go back and fire up uh, some of these classic video games. All right, uh, Adam. Before we go, man. Um, all right, definitely. I want to tell people they need to follow you. One of my favorite Twitter follows. It's Adam. Remind me, X Smith, or uh, I don't want to. I, I botched it last time.
0: It's Adam Smith X A. So you want to follow
1: Adam Smith X A? All right, Adam. I feel like. I feel like we, we got to keep this streak going at some point. If we were to do one more, another unintentionally hilarious list, we've covered children's movies, covered action movies, we've covered, um, uh, 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 video games now. I think, I think the next in line, I think we have a case for unintentionally hilarious, like melodramas, like dramatic movies that weren't intended to be funny, but uh, upon rewatch are, are comic masterpieces. I feel like that is another deep well that at some point needs to be
0: revisited. Just just name your time, my friend. Name your time and place, and I'm there.
1: Done. Let's do it, man. Adam, this is fun, man.
0: Yep. It's been a pleasure, my friend. Try to avoid always. them turtles. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I see one, I can tell you what I won't do. Crush it underfoot.
1: <laughs> Completely obliterated for, for an abduction <laughs> it had no part of. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Adam, I'll see you, buddy.
0: All right, thanks, man.
1: All right, everyone, that is it for this episode of Listed on the Ironclad Content Network. Hey, if you like the show, I know every podcast asks you to do it, but it really does help. If you like the show, leave a rating and review. I really appreciate it. All right, guys, we'll see you next time.